Welcome to Two Rock Radio in our first ever freestyle podcast. Thank you for joining us for this first ever freestyle. We have no plan for this. Two Rock Radio. We're just going to like have fun tonight. Um, I'm Jeff. Also, he's talking very loud, but I'm Stephanie. From Two Rock Ridge Farm, and this is Two Rock Radio. Thank you for joining us. And we have uh, so many, we, the, hard, the hard part tonight is that we have so many things that have happened. I understand that we have not put out a podcast for a long time. Problem is, we've been busy um, with a lot of stuff going on here at the farm. And I really um, wanted to, like, tonight, this is our end of season podcast. We're not going to stop doing them, but tonight, this weekend, is the end of our season. Would you agree, Steph? I would. We have a lot of pumpkins. And we're trying to get rid of them at we, this point. We have, um, let's back up. The last time we did a podcast was sometime mid, mid-summer. Um, everything was going good. Um, we had a little bit of a drought. We were not sure just how our pumpkins were going to turn out. We don't. Um, we do, or potatoes, or potatoes, or garlic, or garlic, or garlic. Um, we really need to catch you guys up. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, I think, I think our last podcast was the Belties. The Belties when they got here. Yeah, that was in May. They're awesome. They're super fat. Um, for anyone wondering. So the Belties, like, we'll come up the cows later on in this, but. Um, so throughout the summer, beyond the cows, we also do some row crops and they are pumpkins, garlic, potatoes, potatoes, shallots, shallots, other things that as we go along, things turned weird this summer. For Um, ourselves, we still grew things like tomatoes. And most of the garlic and shallots ended up being for us uh, because we didn't have the uh, production that we hoped for. Let's just call it a fact. So during about July, the rain shut off. We were doing really good. Mm. July, the rain shut off. And we did not set up for irrigation. So garlic, shallots... And potatoes, potatoes were smaller in a, than expected. And they were in our long row fields that we could not irrigate. So we live with it and prayed a lot, but we mm-hmm. managed to get through. And then we got some thunderstorms mm-hmm. yep. that just kept mm-hmm. enough going throughout the summer. The problem is, is that, Alongside of this, 
things got busy with the cows and chickens. Oh, did we mention that we also did like some odd 80 meat birds? Mm, delicious. <laughs> we did. Uh, so it was a little bit of a thing. We had a lot going on this summer and we both work full-time jobs. Um, Steph is the deputy town clerk here in the town of Washington. I work as a firefighter lieutenant down in uh, Southern Maine for a particular department that we needed to... Uh, it was busy. It was busy. There was were a busy. lot of open shifts. Yeah. So between our two full-time jobs and trying to run the farm... I think the last time I legitimately saw my wife before this weekend, right here, right now. Uh, what, we're like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday was sometime back in August. Uh, <laughs> possibly longer. Possibly longer. <laughs> I, I was going to say May. May. Okay, so May. All right. I There's was trying to be generous. There was a lot of weekends that we didn't see each other. Um, Which means I was here doing all of the animal feedings and everything else. And I, on the weekdays, when I would come back from work, I was also doing animal feedings, planting, tilling, building of different things that was going on um, we, we talked a lot about text. Me we talked through text message this summer. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And mostly it was planning for putting up new fences, putting in new gardens, watering, who needs to do what, what who needs to feed, which animals. It was a lot, a lot over text. To the point of. <laughs> Did you feed the belties this morning of, did you feed the belties and let them out this morning? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. That's how it. Right. And also a lot of where are you going to be this weekend when our farm stand is open here at our own farm? We also did some extra fall festivals with some other farms. So we'll bring you up to speed. We went through the whole summer working. We we worked the problems. We made it happen. Also October. I feel like it's not summer anymore. I feel like we're in fall. Oh, we are so deep into fall. Uh, let's call this early winter. Um, we seriously got to the point where um, I was at work in Southern Maine for three, two, three, four days at a time. Steph's working her full-time job up here and running the farm. Then I would come back and we would hopefully meet for at least an hour. Or five minutes. Or five minutes. Figure out what needs to be happened, what needs to happen, and then we would execute from there. Um, it sounds awful, but this is how we live and we love it. This is what we have to do to run our business, what have to run the farm. 
to get it to the next level. Also not unusual. A lot of, a lot of people who are farmers also have off farm jobs. Like when I'm at work, I definitely get text messages from people or phone calls from people who are looking for it X this, number at, at this time in the season pumpkins and I'm working my regular job and also texting people for the farm, Yeah, which thank goodness my job is very understanding that I can take phone calls and text messages while I'm at work. I live, I, I work in a different job. I'm a firefighter lieutenant in the, in the Southern part of the state of Maine that works for a department that is growing extremely rapidly. I have to work. uh, There are times when I can't leave work. Um, Steph doesn't know when I go to work, when I go to work. I may not be home for a couple of days because of just how things work out. Um, Which is also the reason we use my phone number for our farm. That if I can't get your phone call, you leave a voicemail. I'm going to get back to you. You're going to text me. I will text you back. But that's just how it works for us. For Like your best contact is not this guy. No, no. I live two lives. I live here and I live in a different part of the, I live in Southern Maine. I live, I, when I'm there, I'm there. Steph, our town is very, that we live in is very acceptable where she works for. Um, very agricultural, very ag. Ag centric. Ag ag centric. Mm. That's the word that we use. Um, Pretty much everyone I work for and work with owns a farm. And not only that, it's not only work with. Or is affiliated with a farm. Or comes into the town office. Oh, yeah. The the residents in general. Yeah. Everyone seems. Farmers or affiliated with farms. Like obviously not everyone because and we're not talking just about like animals and stuff like that through the summer doing a lot of work now we're down to the fall we which started you, which selling, you recently called early winter which we got we opened up the stand out front earlier than expected we selling did. pumpkins in our product quickly Instantly, the first weekend, we sold half of what we had for potatoes. So at the time, we also opened with um, our oldest daughter, Anna's stuff. She's got a lot of uh, home goods, like uh, beeswax wraps and laundry detergent and soap and uh, salves which are good for itchiness. I use it all the time. Oh, and uh, beeswax drops. Yes. That's what else. Yeah. And she's done pretty well this year. Anna does a lot of stuff that we set her up to be able to do, like make things here. Um, it was very nice to be able to work with 
our daughter, who had a separate business, brought it into this to be able to make. And all the stuff that she uses is from here. All right, we'll call it ninety percent because she orders some some stuff from online, like yeah. lye. You can't get lye in Maine. Right. You can't just make lye. Right. It's not real. Right. So she was making soap. We needed to be able to get that, but we we went through the process of making her a place to be able to do it, make it, and sell it. That was the thing. Um, that was a big step this year. That was a big step this year. Getting her a place that she could make everything and With, definitely uh, without the, dying from fumes. <laughs> the soap process also so previously she'd used a soap base which basically you melt down the soap base and then you know it's it's soap it's the soap base is soap basically so this year we we moved over to a cold process type of soap which was very interesting and very nerve-wracking the first time we did it but we did it and it came out amazing. There was a lot of safety equipment that I insisted be installed. Goggles, gloves. Yeah. Like you would not have wanted to see like gowns. That whole. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Ventilation. It was. It was. Um, but but I'm, we figured it out and the soap came out great. It did. And she sold, and uh, she sold out of it. She did. And we're looking at doing different kinds of soap next year, um, which is kind of fun. This is the fun part of where we're at. For some reason, this year is a tipping point. For Two Rock Ridge Farm and Anna's business, which is? Currently, it is Homestead Market at Two Rock Ridge Farm, but she's changing the name. It's going to be Toft. T-O-F-T. And she is focusing more on the uh, Viking and Nordic aspects of her business. We have Nordic and we have... Heritage-wise. In our heritage, we have Irish, English, and Nordic heritage in our family lines. Neither one of us knew is, is blonde hair or blue eyed, except for Anna. Anna is. Anna is, <laughs> um, and she's researching her history and she is. And, and doing. That's what we're trying to get to. It's it's exceptional, and that's what we're trying to promote. Um, and she's very into the mythology part of it. She has her own podcast. Mm-hmm. And that she does a lot of the history of, of all the Thor, Odin, Sith, all of these different histories of all the all the Nordic histories in the sagas. Nordic traditions. That she is what he's talking about. Right. The, the sagas she she really goes into 
and is looking to expand her product line next year into different kinds of soaps and different kinds of products. We're really kind of feeling that out right now to figure out what it is. Yeah. Um, on what she wants to do. But but for us this summer, you know what? We'll wrap it around. Anna's been good. The kids have been good. Um, we Our son, Mike, and his wife, Teresa, they have decided that they wanted to move back to the farm. We've been helping them work that problem. It's not a problem, but work, work the issue um, as far as making a house lot for them. So we have a lot of acreage. We have set up an area for them to be able to do, build their house. And they also are pretty much interested in the lifestyle that we live right now, which is off-grid. They want goats. Teresa definitely wants goats. I don't want goats. All the girls want goats. God, there's so much yelling. There okay. is yelling. Okay, we're not getting goats, but other people might get goats. And that's okay. That's their thing. But yes, hopefully we will have some more family moving here. The younger generations. Because at this point, we're the younger generation and <laughs> we're not that young. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. So we'll bring it. Let's wrap it around to the cows. Um, so back in the spring, you saw the video of us bringing the Belties, um, the Belt of Galloways to the farm here in Washington and in our farm. The, the belties we got from Savage Oaks. Yep. These are both heritage breeds from Scotland. That we have the Belt of Galloways and we have the um, Scottish, Scottish Highlanders. Highlanders. Now we have two cousins. And you can look, when you look at the Belt of Galloways, we have two of them. They're extremely... You can see somewhere in their line, somebody knew somebody in the Scottish Highlander to the Belt of Galloway. You can see it. And that's why we're keeping these heritage breeds here. And so many things have happened from that, that this summer. We could not have asked for this to happen. It just did. Um, I feel like we're talking about Henry now. We're talking about Henry. <sighs> okay. So today is the 28th of October. Yes. And tomorrow we are picking up our first ever. Ever. Full-blooded. Full-blooded. Sir. Registered Highland bull sir 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 buyer henry, henry the, the eighth. eighth who is a young, young fella 14 months he's he's very cute 
is very um, handy for you farm people. Uh, you can brush him. You can lead him around. You can feed him the treats. You can, Lead him. Like any parts of him you can touch and he's not going to be mad about it. No. Which is a big deal with a bull. So we're picking him up tomorrow from the buyer, the buyer at, at Piper's Pond Land. with Jeff and Helen. I, I'm going to say it again. The buyer at Piper's Pond yeah. is where he's coming from. He's a registered bull, mm-hmm. Highland bull. He's white. like Which is a little white. bit unusual. It is unusual. So with our current Highland girls, we have Rosie, who is black with red highlights and no horns. No horns. Because she's mixed with Angus. Mm-hmm. She's not pure. We have Willow, who's a pure Highland. But no papers. No papers, but she is a Highland 100%, and she is red. And then we're going to add Henry, who is white. So basically, we have the uh, Neapolitan Nelson. Highland <laughs> collection at this point. We, we In very different sizes. We got a lot of chocolate. That's Rosie. <laughs> That's Rosie. We got a mid-range strawberry. Yeah. Who's Willow? And then we got like the little bit of vanilla. Who's Henry? We size-wise. So this has been a thing, and all of these things have happened to us. Not we did nowhere. not plan. None of this was planned. We did not work for it. Things just happened, and. I, I was going to say, if you listened to our last podcast, you would know I was not interested in a bull, but I think that was just in my brain. I've never actually said that. And so now we're getting a bull. Well, now we're getting a bull who has been to multiple events this summer where kids have been crawling all over him. And brushing him. And brushing and him, in, him and talking to him and... He's, he's a good fine. Boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Um, That's so. At, here at the farm at Two Rock Ridge, we will have two lines. We will have a heritage Highland Scotch Highland line. We will also have a heritage belted Galloway line, both from Scotland, that can both trace their lineage back to. And that's what we've been working for. And I can't even believe I've got to this point. We can trace the lineage of our cattle back to the adjoining counties in Scotland. We're back to that. It, 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 to me, this is like history. This is a thing. We're bringing back these cattle and maintaining a herd that has hundreds of years of history. Okay. So I also, we met with someone uh, affiliated with a grant program. Um, 
and oh no maybe it was the um the video person the video person yes so we had someone who was interested in doing some video of her farm and she is not from maine or new england and she said that she really had never heard of the belt of galloways until she got to maine which of course as native mainers for both of us and living in the mid coast that had the alderman farms forever belt just belt of galloways in melted belt of galloways in mid coast maine are like they're they're here from Aldermere Farms. Totally normal. But everyone has them. Everyone has them. They're, they're here. That they're, they're they're the Oreo cows. The they, Oreo cows. Them. Um, but apparently this this you get this outside of film student uh, from Pennsylvania who didn't Pennsylvania of all places. You'd think like heritage breeds and like the Amish and whatnot like no she had never heard of Belted Galloways until she came to Maine blows my mind it, it we, we don't realize we grew up with these breeds we called them hippie cattle that I, was the thing I didn't well I never called them that we call them the hippie record. we called them <laughs> no, he, he keeps saying we. I did. I call them hippie cattle because of that's what the, it was the breeds that the hippies that came in, in the first seventies that they brought in, and they would have one or two of them. And the fact that the the fact that the Scotch Highlanders have a lot of hair, and now yeah. I'm at a point where I'm really researching the breed of both the Scotch Islanders and the Belted Galloways. And we're really proud of the fact that we have a genetic line on our farm that reaches back to the Scotland, the Highlands and Galloway County of Scotland. That's it's a thing for us that we it's not just about raising for me and in doing a thing it's about what's the history what's doing a thing what's doing a thing it's like we're bringing we're keeping the history alive but it's also raising for meat but also maybe raising (laughs) for some babies and is the hope when he talks about doing a thing um that's He's talking about meat and he's talking about babies babies and and, you know, the heritage, which is also awesome and their browsers. We can use them. They are the absolute solid. You, I don't care what all these other out West cattle can do. That's all flat out there, man. They can do whatever they want to do. Oh, you can't when you can when you can put a cow a bovine male or female into a stick of woods and they prosper off what they eat which is what we did they get super fat which is great and improve the land but i'm all i'm saying 
is that we have cattle that have improved our land that are rock solid in health and what they can do they'll eat trees they'll eat shrubs we watched they'll eat grass obviously. we watched willow our red scottish highlander eat a christmas tree in five minutes thank you for staying with us throughout this whole thing um this is going to be a long podcast um we talked about it we talked about a lot of things we talked about how things going but honestly what i really wanted tonight to be was free form just steph and i talking um we talked about our cows we talked about a lot of things that no we only talked about cows well we talked about cows okay well now it's just like we work two separate jobs she has a job i have a job we covered that part we work here and that's what i'm going to i want people to understand that we still have fun it is a ton of work and we're not gonna lie this is stupid amount of work it is a little bit of stress it is but if this is what you commit to it's right how do you describe it Steph it's like we we talk so much about this is what we want to do so it depends on what your goals are so homesteader wise and business wise it's it's still a lot of work um but it depends on what your goals are like originally i think our goals were more homesteader goals hippie type stuff producing for ourselves literally hippie she won't say it hippie type stuff welcome to the podcast anyone who knows me (laughs) anyway took me a while to convince this guy to get on board and i did he did i talked him into solar people come on stick with your goals just just do it you can do it so here's the thing so we're solar we're off-grid we're raising animals we're raising vegetables we have also chosen at this point to be a retail point um, of contact yeah and that's really where it gets difficult with the licensing and the just the whole retail aspect of it is a lot of work that may or may not be worth it it depends on what you're doing it here's the thing what i consider okay i understand the fact that we're doing the whole hippie thing i love it that's because he loves me i bought into it whatever but he then did. there's also i sold it the business aspect if you're gonna do it buy the licenses 
Don't fight the system, buy the licenses, invest into your future. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have done. Here in Washington, we are not a um, food sovereignty town, which means we cannot sell any uh, goods made in our home kitchen. Which we could in the next town over. Without state licensing. So anything like pickles or jam or tomato sauce i can't i can't sell here because our town does not have that particular ordinance and that is a little challenging uh there are other markets yeah that we could go to we have a mobile vendor's license so we can sell our meat in other towns we can sell our meat in this town we can sell our meat online because we're usda inspected but anything else like the the value added products like i make a delicious amazing salsa can't sell it I make hot sauce, can't sell it because of the rules here in- That we grow with our own stuff. In in Washington, Maine, the rules do not allow us to sell things without a state inspected kitchen. kitchen. So we're gonna pull this back in the fact that we understand that we still have some challenges to overcome, but we're in this we're we're in this to win this and we have been this for how long now Mm, i feel like we're kind of going on five years as a real we started the first garden started in 2012. yeah to do where we're at now is maybe five or six we're not sure because we didn't keep track because things just kind of happened organically mm-hmm. and it's still yeah. happening organically right and we didn't start selling retail until <sighs> we came in four, four years ago with the four, maple syrup four or five years ago probably yeah and we got our licensing for the maple syrup and then we realized how easy the licensing was right you just have to it's, write a check that is true you do have to write a check and fill out a lot of paperwork, which, you know, this guy also doesn't have to do. Did I, I men- just make the money. Did I mention this guy does not do the paperwork? No. But yes, there is paperwork you have to fill out for your licensing for the maple syrup and for the retail meat sales. And to and stick up a main department of ag, they do come in this fact. Main department of ag has been awesome. Main Department of Ag. Anytime we've had questions, they answer our questions. Our inspector, our local inspector is great. People can bitch and complain about how the states and the government works against them. In the state of Maine, our Department of Ag does nothing but support us. We've never Mm -hmm. had any Any problem. They want us to succeed. 
so we also have a scale license and we have a scale in inspector and that's what it comes down to that who's great by the way who he, will show up i will email and he will just show up and he'll text me and leave our license signed in our farm stand with our state sticker on the on the scale After. in the state of maine you have every year you have to have your any Scales. way scaled uh, stuff stickered right and he, we have a small scale and he does to 10 pounds and then we have a big scale for up to 100 pounds more than 100 pounds well, yeah uh, yeah we have a, a really big scale but yes each one has to be inspected and he will adjust it not only will he inspect it if it's off he'll, he'll adjust it. it and then put the sticker on it he will. so you can bitch and complain about government as you want but at least in the state of maine our department of ag has done nothing but support us mm -hmm. through the entire process for the last 12 15 years yeah. of and what we want to do here and we're a very small farm licensing wise and scale inspections and mobile vendor and maple syrup everything you want to you want to do something you're dealing with the same inspector throughout which is really nice that is true dealing with the same person and that particular person for us has been really phenomenal i have his phone number if i have questions i can call him because we have to like know like by the law if we're doing meat they have to know where we're storing our meat where how we're storing our meat what they temp what temperature, temperature they do that for us it, it's they know we're meeting we're meeting the law and that's what's it we mm -hmm. So many people bitch about how government works in, I don't know how it is in other states, but in Maine, if you work with them and you meet with them face to face and tell them what you want to do, our Department it's of Agriculture, they've, they lumped Department of Agriculture, Forestry and Conservation into one department. And all of them want nothing more than to, they want nothing more than you to succeed. Mm -hmm. You have to write a check, but that's understandable. Which is not a lot of money. We're talking point. $25 for a license to sell meat. No, maple syrup. Maple syrup. $25 to sell maple syrup a year. That's it. And then if you want to go up more from that, it's 15 25 35 it, it we're not talking stupid money i think our total licenses for maple syrup and meat and our farm stand is less than 150 a year and that includes mobile vendor uh which we don't often do no we don't do a lot of farmers markets but, but, but we, we did have we have but the we have licensing it just in case and which we did a couple of markets this year so. let's do a shout out to our what's our insurance company 
<laughs> what is our insurance company? Um, it's Farm Family Insurance Company. We use the uh, foster agency in Augusta. So, so many totally, people. Totally worth it. So, don't talk so, to them. So, so many people bitch and complain about how much it costs them for insurance and do all this sort of stuff. And we do pick your own. And we have another we, level of insurance. There is a whole thing. We have ag, what do you call it? Ag tourism here. Ag Agritourism, yes. I spent. Both our lives spent the entire insurance life with one particular company. When we got to a particular point, she said, we can't service you anymore. This is where you have to go. Mm -hmm. And we. Yeah, in including when we were building our house, which side note. <sighs> We had to go with Lloyd's of London. Lloyd's of London had to insure our house because we were a builder's risk. This is this is what you have to do. Ten years ago, this is but, what you have to do sometimes when you're homesteading mm -hmm. and you're doing things on your own. Mm -hmm. You have to suck it up and you have to like put in. Mm -hmm. Did it cost us a little bit of money? It did. It did. $1,500. And all she said was, get this house fucking done as far as fast as you can. Okay, that was sweary. Sorry. Beep. Yeah, he should have, I should have believed. That, but that was my bad. But that's what she said. Because then I can convert you into a regular insurance thing. Which was fine. We, we, this is what people don't understand is that sometimes things cost money and you have to like, just pay the man and drive through. But right. when you get on the other side, holy shit. Stop is, with your well, body mouth. I, well, here's the deal. It's good. We're on the other side of things where we can start helping people now which is why we have less potty mouth but anyway insurance is important it is when you're doing anything, people here any kind of retail farming you need to make sure you have insurance you need to make sure like we have so much liability insurance it's ridiculous but it's because we do pick your own. And so we need to have that. If someone twists an ankle and they file a claim against us, we can pay it and we're done. We have insurance for that. That's it, why we have it. And the thing is, when you look in the long game, you play the long game. If, if you're in a business, but if you're in a regular like homesteading situation, I still would, you don't need the, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, $2 million insurance that we have, <laughs> you don't need that. If you're not inviting people to it, your, your farm, farm, right. You don't need it with as the much. aggregate. We have 3 million plus 1 million aggregate that. Yeah. All that. You know, God yeah. forbid the cows get out. 
and they run into the, the road, road and right. then someone hits them with a car we have that insurance. insurance we have so much insurance you guys so if you have any questions just let us know but we know how to, insurance but we know we can how to, refer you because our insurance guy is awesome and we so, know how to play the game it's not it's not a game it's not that much money it's in not run, in it's the long not. game it is not that much money you need to have it you, you just, need to have you it. just need to have it just because once you get into the game which is not a game once you get into the game you call someone and you're having an event right if you are a business and you're having you can get event insurance which covers you for that particular event event it's important to do that like insurance costs money i get it i don't like it because <laughs> it costs money but also if something, something happens during your event, event you're not going to regret having the insurance so so you it's one of those like you play the game it. you hate it but you gotta do it just you, to cover yourself we we are we we understand that people want to be by themselves which is fine if you're just a straight up home center absolutely fine do not go without insurance because your you wood stove could burn your house down and you need to have insurance to build your house back firefighter talking right now that is absolutely the firefighter slash lieutenant slash i'm adjusting you need to have insurance if something happens to it for the god loving sakes at least get back to recover what you lost you need to have insurance to replace what you have also we're um by the way not insurance agents just just this... proponents of having insurance like we personally have, have no contact we have really no... no insurance claims but we have but it is we played... carry the insurance we have talked to people who have had problems with their agritourism business or even and just because, a straight up homestead no 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 the people who have agritourism yes. businesses did not have enough insurance but anytime that you are inviting someone into your homestead homestead business farm business you need to have the insurance coverage and i'm going to throw this in here now i am totally switching over to i'm putting on my other hat that comes from the fire service fire things one of the things that people and i i've i've answered so many questions about this you can get insurance for a wood stove you can we did in the state of maine you literally can get insurance for a wood stove. 
you have to prove that it's installed the code. NFPA 211. That's what you need to look at. It is on the internet. Very specific and very intense. You have to look at distances. You have to look at clearances. And this is how you can make a particular, you can get insurance in Maine for a house that is completely heated by wood. If you just follow the 211 guide, that's it. And if you have any questions, contact your local fire department or the Maine fire marshal office. That's all you have to do. In Maine, we have, it's very unique because they understand that there is a lot of solid wood burning fuels to be able to do. So when we were building our house, okay, we live, in case you don't know, our house is a log cabin and it is heated by wood we had our our insurance agent was awesome worked with us worked with us to get us our lloyds of london coverage for while we were in while we were building but yeah after she got us a good and then we switched over to another company and it was it was fine and we were still covered until we went to where we were doing but now you definitely need to be as a homesteader honest about what you have take pictures they will want pictures i sent many a picture to mm-hmm. our insurance company of our wood stove and our house and what we did everything really like deck railings just just be honest with your insurance company and when they came down to the and end yes it's gonna cost you money but it changed but if something bad happens you're covered you're covered again not insurance and agents no here. we have i have no idea how insurance nor, works nor have we made a claim on our but, insurance but we got through it and as soon as our agent we got through it we contacted her she adjusted and our cost of insurance dropped when to we, stupidly low when we switched to farm family the farm it did um it did go down it's a very and they were very apologetic because we have a very young driver still on our auto insurance. So we lumped everything together. Right. So our auto insurance and our home insurance. And our car insurance and everything else. Car insurance is also known as auto insurance. Right. For anyone taking notes. But yes, we did. We have all of our insurances and we also have an extra umbrella policy for our farm an extra million dollars (laughs) 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 sorry that's a lot but we do have an extra million dollar liability policy Mm -hmm. for our farm 
if someone if our cows get out or if our pigs get out or chickens whatever any sort of like animal incident we have an umbrella policy for that but it's not if you look in the long game if you look in the long game per month right it is stupidly cheap insurance it is and it's worth it and it's worth it and once you enter again we have never had a claim but still paying the insurance i literally watched this year a woman carrying a pumpkin almost twist an ankle and i'm like Mm. that right there that's why we have liability insurance we have some if she comes back and she's all like i broke my leg first off we have the sign maine has a a very specific ordinance and i can't tell you the language it's uh, about agritourism and you it it is 14 paragraphs long you buy the sign you post it this is maine it it does not protect you in any way but but it helps the insurance company once you do that as far as the insurance company goes they read that it does help you a little bit that you've got that sign up because it reads specifically that insurance and it all came from the main maple producers um system yeah so the sign itself is basically that you are acknowledging that you are participating in a agritourism slash maybe not super safe activity as far as equipment animals grounds grounds kind of covers you but it doesn't it basically gives the it basically says that the person that is on our property accepts the liability that they are doing something and if they sue us the insurance company our lawyers have the ability to kind of back up that we I were... know this sounds awful all of this never we never knew all this stuff existed until we got deep into it and we want people to understand you don't have if you're just doing your own thing where people aren't coming onto your grounds you don't need all the stuff that we right. have if you're just homesteading oh god no cool. you're not having people come in you need to cover your house you need replacement cost of what you have that is important that's important i as a firefighter and first responder if you lose something you need to have a what insurance policy that will cover what you've lost handing the table right now well that's fine yes but yeah but if you're not inviting people in that's it it's up to you it's optional yeah if you're not having people come onto your property we went really down into the willies tonight didn't we yeah i think you really kind of lost your way well you did but 
So back to Two Rock Ridge Farm and Two Rock Ridge Radio. We're at a point where we just wanted to have fun. It's been a long summer and we just wanted to have fun tonight. And we may be going a deconstructed type thing throughout the winter. You're going to be getting more of uh, podcasts, so to speak. But we want to be able to talk to people. And we'll throw this out here. There is adult beverages involved in all of this. I don't know anything about it. Oh, she does. She likes the IPAs like you wouldn't believe. But here's yeah. what here's recommendations. Where we're at. Yeah. Welcome. So here's where we're at. It doesn't take a lot to be able to get to where we're at. You could have an acre of land and just start little by little building it and building it and building it. You can do so much with an acre, two acres of land. Yeah, we locked out. There's absolutely no question about it that we are building off of my family's legacy. But also with the support of everyone, family. family and friends. So many. And we threw back, what I like is that we threw back a ton of things this year. More, more than any other year, we were able to throw back money into specific things. Steph, Steph knows all the stuff. And other farms and other local businesses and... Yeah, a lot of a lot of different things that are, you know, twenty miles of us, thirty miles of us. It's nice to be able to. An elementary also. school asked, and we've done this for the last three years. An elementary school does a specific Halloween-ish type thing. They came and we give them pumpkins. We donate to them. Um, Because, and then they promote that this is agriculture. Um, I don't know how to explain this. We're part of a thing. We've worked our way up to be part of a thing in this local Midcoast Maine thing that Yeah, we're in it to make some money. Not stupid money. We're in it to make some money. At least cover our costs. But then when people show up to ask for a legitimate thing, tell her about the Coast Guard. I love the Coast Guard. This This is legitimately because we bailed them out two years ago. So there are several Coast Guard members who regularly drive by our farm. And see the pumpkins, and yearly they do an event 
for all the, the families, Guard. the Coast Guard Obviously. family. In Rockland. Because is... they take Northwest Harbor and Booth Bay and Rockland and the, that sector, they do a fall event for them, for the families. Coast Guard Auxiliary. So Rockland is about 25 minutes from us. But a lot of the families live throughout the within whole our radius and they drive by. So last year we had a guy stop and he was like, I need some pumpkins. We loaded up his truck. You know, we gave him a, a discount, obviously, for Coast Guard military. He got his pumpkins. And they got some other pumpkins from mm -hmm. I'm not even sure where. This year. This year. They needed. The They needed 150 pumpkins. pumpkins. And they emailed us in advance. We set the price. To come get them. We set the price. They At a cut rate. With uh, half a dozen Coast Guard guys. They stopped. It was very rainy when they were here. It was very muddy in the fields. So they got here. I met them. So, okay. Just go get what you want. Load them up. Kind of keep track. And they did. Did they get a hundred? They could have got a hundred. They could have got 200 pumpkins. We don't care. Yeah. The point is, is that we worked with a local for our military and it's the coast guard. It's not like any of the other four. It's the coast guard. Right. So former air force guy over here. Oh yeah. Um, you have to understand that we live within 20 miles of the coast that the, that the U S coast guard is like a big deal around here. And by the coast, we mean the ocean. Right. Cause Maine, Maine, um, we support that and they are part of our community. We, and the auxiliary, what they're doing is that they have a family thing for the coast guard that brings all the members of the coast guard to one thing and they needed pumpkins. We support that. That's what we do. Do we make a little bit of money? I think we mean to made $30 overall. A little bit. Not I think much. that's right. Um, profit. But we supported that group because they could come here because they took the off duty guys came here, loaded up all their trucks, went and through the field, went through the truck in the trailer. Yep. They picked their own pumpkins. I periodically checked on them because it was again raining. So they wouldn't get stuck. To make sure no one was stuck. And they but, were fine. And that's what but and that's great. That's how we feel. We support our local you can be in the military, but the Coast Guard here in Maine, like legitimately you use the Coast Guard. Like they're here. If you need them the Coast Guard is here. Um, but also, you're not going to make a lot of money. No, you're not going to make it. Uh, no. Business-wise. But that's part of being part of the local community. It is. Um, In our local store. 
Washington General. Washington General in Washington, Washington Maine. General Store. We has bought three rounds of pumpkins from us. And they have sold all of them. And then bought the last round just to carve up because they go into trunk or treat. For a trunk or treat. Which is happening after this podcast is going to be posted. It, it will be. Um, but we, I know when we keep coming back to the pumpkins. I can't understand. It's like, this is fall here. And we had a person, we had, we've had people contact us. We need 100 pumpkins. We need 150. And we set the price and they come and they get them and they do their event. That's what we're. And they're happy. We are not making money. And they will come back to us again, but we are definitely not making money. Um, it sounds stupid. <laughs> Welcome to homesteading, I guess. Um, it sounds or stupid. We might make. Homestead business. If we make $500 out of the whole fucking thing. That's where we're at. That'd be amazing. Definitely. But when we, people, by doing this, people will come back here for the stuff that we actually grow, like our garlic. Mm -hmm. Or potatoes. Or potatoes. We had people come, I swear to God, I never expected this. Our first round of potatoes that came out of the ground was bought by one person. It, mm. we, we, it was stupid. Yeah. And this year was a really rough year for potatoes. It was very dry. So we had a lot of small potatoes. And we, and we typically sell them by the pound. So it was, it was a, not a great year. For us, for potatoes. It sucked. But, but we still had potatoes. And we still sold potatoes. Until we sold out of potatoes. Now, mind you. We're in Maine. Right. A lot of potatoes. Potatoes. Northern Maine. Like, Idaho, Maine. Like, potatoes. Maine potatoes. They're delicious. We do specialty potatoes because we, we can't compete against a rustic right we can't we don't have the volume and then when we have a fucked up year that we when we have a bad year it was bad it was dry it was dry um we handpicked potato bugs and picked. potato bugs. I don't know if you guys know about potato bugs, but Colorado potato bugs. Thank oh. you, fucking Colorado. Okay, let's swear again. But anyway, so the adults easy pick them off. The babies super slimy and yucky. But we managed to get enough. But we salvaged our crap. And we did. And we sold our crop. And we had, and thank and God, for Windsor Fair, who showed up, who said, we need, we need, how was it? They needed some different, different 
unique unique crops varieties. varieties to put over there and then we will sell them to local restaurants they bought half of our crop that we yielded it, i can't even understand how this happened like this doesn't even make sense but it worked because we literally saved the Un windsor fair windsor fair windsor maine it was it was a lot of potatoes it was a lot of potatoes and i think it was our uh, opening weekend it was our opening weekend she showed up for the farm stand and then we all of a sudden were out of fingering potatoes because what they did they needed the potatoes for the fair and then after the fair is done they sell them to all the local restaurants to make their money back so it wasn't like they went to waste no we we produced the crop i don't know how but we did <laughs> i know how it was by hand picking potato peels i fucking hate potatoes okay you gotta like zip the sweary i understand the sweary i'm sorry about the sweary and if you're hearing things in the background stop it love you love you kevin um um but we anyway off topic potatoes that was fine it was sold a lot of them saved them from the potato peels we did by hand picking it was a lot it was a lot of work it was a lot of hours a lot of soapy water what i want to tell people is this is that there is, I don't care how much money you have and you come into this and do the instant farm, if you legitimately are working. Any farm can produce. Can produce. A product that people want. That people want any farm any farm if you want to be a herb farm herb farm awesome hashtag my goals oh what, Not 100%, what oh but, the the farm uh, 131 the mm. the what do you call them oh i don't know what he's talking about purple I can't think of the name of the herb. That's not helpful. Lavender? Yes. The lavender farm. Okay. God. Sorry, that was like a full minute. Jeff thinking. There is a but farm. Anyway. There is a farm. And okay. they, they literally are like this two people and they have these nice little tiny acreage. They have built this little farm that builds, that grows lavender it's glendara they sell a lot in camden mm -hmm. but they are located in appleton so from just over the line of 131 from rock from union okay he doesn't know what's happening so cool. anyway glendara the, farm 
They are very nice. Lavender Farm. Lavender Farm. You don't have to do long row, huge farming to have like a thing. Our thing, we've been experimenting. Our thing is going to be garlic. We're growing. It's delicious. Um, we have our own brand. We've got some other stuff. We've played around with how to grow it. Now we know how to do it. That will be Two Rock Ridge thing. Will be known for their particular garlic and herbs. Um, we're going to we. I want to be able to produce all the stuff that you need to make a sauce, whether it be an Italian sauce, whether you want to be in a uh, 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 hot sauce. What? That's what I want to be able to known as. And that's, it doesn't take much to be able to focus on those particular things. I think he has definitely uh, fulfilled your whole freestyle podcast situation. Well, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on. You might want to um, look at the Dropkick Murphys for like music. That might be, say, the multiple soundtracks of Two Rock Ridge Farm. So here's the thing. Is that we really enjoy. And we just wanted to say, it's been a long year. And we this is a transition year for us. And we just want to say thank you to not only everyone that's come to the farm, but people that have listened to us. And I know we are micro compared to everything else that they are. But we want to thank people for supporting us. Um, we're here. We're, it, it, it's a thing. We, if you physically want to come and see a working farm, Come here. Call us. 207-542-1836. That's my phone number. Call me. Tell me that's what you want to do is come. And I just want to see a working farm. That's here. I can show you cows. I can show you pigs. I can show you chickens. I can show you crops. He can show you cats. And our little kitties. And, and we'll have a beer. It's a thing. With a heads up. With a heads up. With a heads up. Thank you for being there. Thank you for following Two Rock Radio. Please follow us on all the platforms. You can find them. You're smart enough. This is Two Rock Radio signing off. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Two Rock Radio. I'm Anna, and I'm here to direct you toward our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. 
They can all be located within our link tree, which is in the description of this episode. Our personal website is also there as well, where you can keep up to date on what's happening on the farm, any upcoming projects, and more. Once more, thank you for listening, and this is Anna signing off.